to name a few. Life can be really rough. You might ask yourself, why is life so tough? Well, it's because of sin. And so what we're seeing is people acting out their slavery to sin. So we're having to deal with murder, envy, strife. But James here gives us practical answers on how to deal with sin and all that life throws at us. Without losing hope and joy, without becoming bitter and unstable. Just how do you not grow bitter and how do you become a stable person, encouraged, hopeful, in the midst of all this chaos in life? How do you do this? And man, my emotions are all over the place. They're up and down everywhere. How can I manage my emotions? How can you and I actually grow spiritually through all this mess, through all this mess in my life? How is all this possible? Lots of questions, huh? Well, James would love to give us answers to all our questions. He would love to tell us. And so let's find out. Let's hear from our God again through the book of James. Okay? So let's pray. Lord, I pray that all of us would hear your heart. I pray, God, I pray that all distractions would cease. And Lord, that we'd be able to really listen to what you have to say to us here in this message this morning, coming from the book. James, James 1. And Lord, I pray that you would get the glory. Lord, you're awesome. You're a wonderful God. You love us with an everlasting love. And you know us deeply. You have something to say to us. I pray that it's communicated. I pray that there is encouragement as a result. Strength as a result. Uh, answers to those questions. Pray that you strengthen us at this time. In your name we pray. Amen. This message this morning is coming from James chapter 1. Verse 1 reads, coming from the Amplified Version. I like the Amplified. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve Hebrew tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispersion. Greetings. Rejoice. Interesting, isn't it? James saw himself as a bondservant. Or another translation just says simply, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. James saw himself as a slave to God and the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, James saw himself being completely controlled by God and the Lord Jesus Christ. A bondservant. He willingly committed himself to serve the master he loves and respects. He could have said, I'm the oldest half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 13 talks about that. And I am the full brother of Jew who wrote the book of Jew. All this would have been true. But he doesn't go there because saying he's a bondservant will be in keeping with the message he wanted to give those scattered Jews uh, who were abroad. 
So you know, at first, James was a non-believer. Um, he rejected uh, Jesus as Messiah and promised to deliver, the promise to deliver, Savior of the world. It says in John 7, verse 5, for not even his brothers believed in him. But later, after Christ's resurrection, James believed. That's the power of God in changing the heart of a skeptic to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? James became the key leader in the Jerusalem church and was called one of the pillars of the church along with Peter and John. So that's, a, that's James in a nutshell. And he wrote this epistle to the scattered Jews, Jewish believers, to encourage them in, in truth to hang in there. Don't give up, though it's very difficult. Persevere. That's the message. So James, James tells them in verse 2, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you fall into various, uh, various, all kinds of trials, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. This seems weird, doesn't it? To be full of joy when we're going through hard times? That's unnatural. You might say, it's crazy. What are you talking about? What is our natural response to trials, hard and difficult times, especially when the trials continue to go on and on and on in our lives. What's the natural response? We get angry. We, because the situation is out of our control and we don't like it, we're grieved, nervous, worried, discouraged, depressed, cynical. Believing life is unfair. God doesn't love me. God, God doesn't care. God is really out to get me, to hurt me. This is where we can drift into self-pity. This is really dealing, this is really dealing with our attitude and how we deal with all of life's challenges. My attitude is the product of how I think. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says this, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well, the Lord wants to change how we naturally tend to think. That is, if we want to take the pathway to spiritual maturity, look at verse 2 again. It says, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. This letter is, take, is talking to believers in Jesus Christ. You have to be born again, born anew. You have to already have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to be able to appreciate these truths and hear and be able to apply these truths in your life. He's talking to believers, Jesus. And for us who are already born again believers in Jesus Christ, Listen to James chapter 1 again and allow God to encourage you. So make the necessary adjustments, if needed, to be all that God wants you to be. So how can I 
welcome and why should I consider it nothing but joy whenever I find myself in various or all kinds of trials and temptations? Well, because, number one, because it's going to produce endurance and stability in my life. Verse 3. It says, be assured that the testing of your faith, though through experience, produces endurance, perseverance, the ability to uh, pers be persistent in obeying God despite it being very difficult to do. But God wants to make us more, make us to be more, uh, really wants, how can I say this? He wants to mature us to bring out the best in us. Amen. As we go through the trials of life. For example, look at uh, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. Now, after these things, God tested the faith and commitment of Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he answered, here I am. God said, take now your son, your only son, a promise whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I should tell you. As, as we know, Abraham went through the process of offering his son, his only son, the son of promise, the son he loved. And as he raised the knife to sacrifice his son, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham! The Lord said, do not reach out with the knife in your hand against the boy and do nothing to harm him for now I know that you fear God with reverence and profound respect since you have not withheld from me your son your only son of promise as a result of passing that test God told Abraham that he would indeed be greatly blessed and, and greatly multiply his seeds, the Lord is going to do. As much as the stars of the heavens, like the sands and the seashore, his seed will, pos will uh, possess the gates of his enemies by conquering them. And through Abraham's seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. All because Abraham heard, obeyed, and trusted God's voice. The central truth of all this, the glue that will hold this all together and work beautifully in our lives is our love for God. If I truly love God in my life, I will obey Him. If I truly love God, I will endure through the many trials in my life. Because of God, His sovereignty will do it for him. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 21, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. 
So as I really love God, I will endure. As I go through trials and through the process, I will become more like Christ, and Christ I carry. Because I love God, I trust God, I trust his process. Loving God is the glue that holds this whole thing together. So the question is asked, do you really love God? Do you really trust him? Endure. He's going to make it good. Number two, how can I and why should I consider it nothing but joy whenever I find myself in various trials of all kinds and all kinds of temptations? Because it's going to help me endure all kinds of temptations that will come in my life. When I experience temptation, verses 13 through 15, uh, James says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Because temptation doesn't come from, from God. It comes from me. Keep in mind, every trial becomes a test of faith designed to strengthen us as believers if we respond to it by trusting God. Obeying what God says in his word by faith. If we fail the test by willfully giving in to sin, that test then becomes a temptation on our part. James says we cannot be tempted by God because temptation doesn't come from God, but from our own flaws. God doesn't tempt anyone. Verses 14 through 15 says this, but each one is tempted when he is dragged away and enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust, and passion. Then when the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. That's the pattern. Sin always leads to death. And it's always sent to us, designed to bring out the worst in us. So how can we know the difference between a trial and a temptation? Good question. It's possible the Lord and Satan are at work in our lives at the same time. We saw that in Job's life, Job chapter 1 and 2. But also remember, it's all under the sovereign control of the Lord. The Lord wants to build character in our lives that we may be more like him as we learn to trust God through trials and obey. We'll learn through experiencing various trials how to persevere and endure. Learning to be patient, learning self-control, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Satan, on the other hand, wants to destroy us. That we may not fulfill all that God has for us. It all comes down to choice. What will we choose to do? What will we decide to do? James chapter 4 verse 7 says, So submit, submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Number three, how can I and why should I consider it nothing but joy whenever I find myself in various all kinds of trials and temptations. Well, because it's the pathway to maturity. 
endurance have this perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and complete, completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. All right? Okay, so not only does the Lord want to challenge my attitude, how I approach life, and how I think by considering it nothing but joy when I find myself in all kinds of challenges and trials. The next step, James says, is that if we don't know what to do in handling all these trials and temptations in our lives, we need to go to God and ask him for his wisdom uh, in these matters. We need to go to God and ask for wisdom. Train ourselves, train ourselves to not immediately go to our wise buddies for advice first without giving the Lord a chance to speak to us through his word and through prayer. The Lord says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things should be added to you. Amen. Amen. Matthew 6.33. So if we don't know what to do, ask the Lord for wisdom first, who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame. And it will be given to him. But you have to ask for wisdom by faith, faith. without doubting. Without, doubt, without doubting God's willingness to help. Amen. Stability comes in our lives when we don't doubt God. Stability comes in our lives when we don't doubt God. We listen and we do what God says. All right, I want us to take a look at uh, one of my videos I took uh, when me and Donna were uh, in Hawaii a few weeks ago. Hopefully that's not. Rocks of your many trials in life 
without God's help. Watch how the waves react to the rocks, which don't move. It's splashing in, goes in all, all kinds of different directions, not accomplishing anything, no longer moving forward, because the rocks of life's trials stop you. That's the illustration James has placed before us. But now, do you see yourself like the rocks? That's how we will be when we don't doubt the Lord. When we make up our mind to trust God and obey the Lord, we will, we will be stable, unmovable, yeah. having our minds made up in this way. When the very strong challenges of life come our way, like the strong waves we see here, all we'll be able to do is splash up against the rocks and bounce off. The rocks are not going to move. Even if a hurricane were to come, it is very strong winds and rains and waves, the rocks will not move. That's how we will be if we don't doubt God. But James is saying, if we come to God, not really settled, and doubt God's ability to help, James says, verse 7 and 8, you are a double-minded man, double-minded person, and you are unstable in all your ways. And everything you think, feel, or decide, if you really think that that's you, you really think that's you, doubting God, admit it. Admit you're double-minded. Yeah. And don't think or expect that you will receive anything at all from the Lord being double-minded. This is what James is saying to us. So James tells us again in verse 2 to consider it pure joy yes. whenever we go through all kinds of trials. Because the testing of our faith is going to produce endurance yes. in our lives. It's going to help us become rocks in our lives. This is, this is certainly a different way of looking at all the problems we are facing or will face in our lives. I don't think James is saying we are to look at uh, or look forward to troubles or foolishly put ourselves in harm's way. But when troubles come our way, face it with confidence, hope, and knowing, hope, knowing God is going to bless us as we go through trials of all types. Yes. Verse 2 basically says the same thing, or verse 12 basically says the same thing. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. In other words, if we will, if we will be, we will be well off, spiritually, prosperous, and favored by God if we endure uh, our trials. Mm -hmm. So stand our ground and persevere when tempted. Be like a rock or a boulder even. Be stable. So when we pass the test and are approved by God, James assures us that we will receive the victor's crown of life, Hallelujah. which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yes. I don't know what the victor's crown of life is exactly, but I want it. 
more abundantly. Hallelujah. Amen? So James is telling us in verse 22 through 25 to prove ourselves to be doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, his commandments and instructions, and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalize its meaning, deceiving yourselves, deceiving yourselves, deceiving, <laughs> deceiving, <laughs> deceiving yourselves. When we're not doers of the word, uh, but only listeners and not applying it, we will set ourselves up to unsound reasoning that will be contrary to the truth. Because all unbiblical reasoning, reasoning that is not found in scripture, is unsound and contrary to the truth. That's right. So if any if any one of us only listens to God's authoritative word and we don't obey it, it goes in one ear through our minds and then out the other ear. James says it will be like a person who looks very carefully at themselves in the mirror, but then walks away and immediately forgets what he looks at. Like. But on the other hand, if we look carefully at ourselves into the perfect law, the law of liberty, our freedom from our slavery to sin, and faithfully abide by it, and not become a careless uh, listener who forgets, but is an active doer who obey God's word, he will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life uh, as he obeys God. This is how we mature in Christ. This is the only way to be victorious and stable in life. And this is how we can be full of joy and our joy remain by not being forgetful hearers but doers of God's word. Yes, sir. Amen? Yeah. And James says that that's what the Bible says. In closing, James tells us in verses 26 through 27 to internalize the word of God in our lives. Make it truly a part of our lives. He says, listen, if any of you, if any of you all think himself to be religious, by carefully and painstakingly following all the rituals of his faith, but doesn't control his own tongue and dilute his own heart, this person's religion is worthless. That's what James says. Because that's not going to give God any glory, and that's not going to help anybody either. Pure and unblemished religion in the sight of our God and Father is this to visit and look after the fatherless and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself uncontaminated by the secular world. In other words, as you and I continue to follow the pathway to spiritual maturity, this is what maturing in Christ as born-again believers looks like. Out of a sincere love for God and others, we faithfully serve others, take care of others, not just ourselves. 
not just being a taker, but, a, but faithfully contributing to the body of Christ and others. And we continually deal with our own hearts. You know, when James told us in verse 2 to consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever we fall into various trials of all kinds, because it's going to produce Christ-like character in my life, that's a game changer right there. Oh, yeah. Instead of being upset, I count it all joy when I go through trials. This is really dealing with our attitudes and how we deal with all of life's challenges. My attitude is the product of how I think. Proverbs 23, verse 7, say it again. For as, a, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Also, a person who's maturing in Christ keeps themselves, keeps themselves, keeps ourselves unspotted and uncontaminated by the secular world. And having gone through some things, some things in life ourselves, we now are truly able to minister to others in a powerful way. Again, this is the pathway to spiritual maturity. Amen. 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 Hopefully this has been an encouragement to us believers uh, today. Hopefully this, is, this, uh, this gives uh, hope for those who don't know Christ uh, yet. That they know what, what God looks like. So, let's close in prayer. Um, if there's anyone out there as a result of listening to the message, I don't know, folks in Zoom, maybe you find yourself not really knowing Jesus as your Savior and Lord. If that's you and you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's simple. Just simply agree with God. And, uh, and realize that the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. We're all going to have to face the Lord. We're all going to have to give an account of our lives to the Lord. Uh, but for those who love the Lord, He's going he's to bless us. Uh, hopefully, we're faithful to the Lord. We will receive gifts from God. Yeah, yeah. But for those who die in their sin, God's going to evaluate your life. He's not going to see Jesus there. And he's going to tell you, depart from me. You will have done with me. You will live in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. God doesn't want that. Now is the time to be honest with yourself and repent. Stop playing games. Repent. Tell God, I've ran away from you. I've sinned before you. I agree with you, it's wrong. God says, good, now repent. Uh, realize this 
to repent. Number two, repent. The Bible says, unless you repent, you will, you will all likewise perish. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Hallelujah. Amen? And the third thing is receive. Just simply receive truth from the Word. The Bible says, but as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Yes, yes. If you confess your, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yes. So do that right now. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, the message was given. Uh, we exalted your name. We exalted your word in James 1. Father, I pray that um, the church was encouraged by this and strengthened uh, to be able to deal with life in truth. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody out doesn't know you to say your Lord. I pray that they've heard the truth. I pray that they have understand, understood that the pathway to receive you as Savior, as their Savior and Lord, that they might escape uh, the corruption and the devastation of eternal hellfire against them because they didn't receive you. I pray that they would receive you as Savior and Lord. Pray that they will do it now and not wait. I think, I, think if, I think if there's anyone out there who doesn't know the Lord and they think, nah, I'll wait on this, that's a mistake. You have no idea. You could die the 